Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth. From depressed, disempowered, and dependent to flourishing within an incredible life I've created, this podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. I'm going for take five here, I think. I keep keep finding cat fur in my mouth. I know that's gross, but cat mom life. Um, Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I hope you're having a great start to the week. If you are listening to this on Monday, which is when episodes drop for the magical human experience, but if you're listening to it later in the week, I hope you've had a great week so far. I am excited. We're getting into August this week and I'm kind of sad though. It's my last month in LA for a little bit. I'm definitely coming back, but I'm going to go visit my family for a month or two on the East coast. It's kind of up in the air, but I was like, I'm going to put my stuff in storage anyway. I might as well just like spend time with them, see them for a bit. So I am there for at least September and very excited though to get back to LA and find my own place. I mean, if you guys have been following along on the podcast where I've definitely been sharing a little bit more of my personal life, I, Jeff and I broke up in January and we were like trying to figure things out a little bit in February because we went to the Joe Dispenza retreat together. Um, and then we were like, yeah, this is not working. So I have been, we've been broken up, but living in the same apartment since then, since our lease didn't end till end of August. And it was definitely really hard in a lot of ways, but Uh, The hard led to a lot of personal work on both of our ends, just in terms of, you know, navigating difficult things, emotional regulation, communication, and I feel like we ended up being able to create a really healthy, kind dynamic as just platonic friends post a breakup um, in the same living space, uh, which I'm really actually proud of. It was not easy, but it definitely was very rewarding and I think speaks to the growth that both of us has had over that both of us have had over the last year or so. And yeah, it's it has been pretty easy, honestly, living here together lately. Um, but I'm very, very, very excited to have my own place. So I am excited for that new chapter of my life and for just what's in store after I move through this transition season. But I'm excited for you guys to hear this week's episode. I met Olga at a brunch with one of my newer favorite handbag brands, Sangma. They are an Asian brand and they have very beautiful more modern but very artistic and elegant silhouettes and styles for their bags and I also love the colors they have like a beautiful chocolatey brown and a really rich cooler toned red uh beautiful creams whites teals aquas they just they've done a great job creating very aesthetic beautiful bags and I'm a fan I love my Songmont bags and I was at this brunch and my good friend Andy who if you have been following the podcast for a while she was sitting at the end of a table and there really wasn't a spot next to her so I sat on the other side of the girl who was next to her Olga and so Olga was in the middle of us and we ended up having such a great conversation and I was like I want to take this to the podcast. I want to continue this. And um, the conversation ended up actually different than I was expecting based off of what I was thinking from what we were chatting about at brunch. But I think it was just honestly even better. And, you know, that's kind of something I've been leaning into lately, just surrendering to what the universe has and the message that the universe wants to get through. And uh, yeah, just to what is and Yeah, I really enjoyed my conversation with her and it was more fun and a little bit lighter than some of my more recent conversations. And I think I want to take that with me in the future episodes of this podcast, just because I think, you know, we can get a little heavy sometimes talking about mental health and mindset and healing and trauma and nervous system regulation and all of that stuff, which is so like vital for being a powerful manifester. But Sometimes we need to just have fun and enjoy life. And so I'm trying to find a little bit more of a lighter balance to everything. So I hope you guys enjoy. 
Before we dive in, I want to share this week's magic, which is the PMD Wave Pro. This is a device, a facial device, that I had sent to me a couple of months ago, and I've really honestly been enjoying it. It had this used on me last fall for the first time ever during a really good facial. And I was like, what is this? I wish I could have this at home. Didn't realize that I actually could have it at home. And I can through PMD. Essentially, it vibrates and you whatever it's doing helps to just get your pores to release what's clogging them and oftentimes causing breakouts or blackheads or whiteheads or whatever to come more to the surface and then you kind of like it's like a spatula so you kind of like scrape it off then I've just been loving how it's been helping just clear out my pores and leave my skin less like clogged helping prevent breakouts but it also has it has three different settings and the third setting is EMS which is electronic muscle stimulation which is what new phase has what uh new what m face has like i have been very into muscle stimulating treatments lately because they are completely pain-free completely non-invasive no needles let alone knives or anything else and it's just a great way to boost your volume in your face but like through increasing the production of elastin and collagen and so i've been using that just helps to lift and firm to put it like really simply but I've been loving this tool and it comes in a really pretty blush color and a really neutral gray color so if you're looking for something to first and foremost like get the gunk out of your pores this is great but also it's just it has EMS which is great for lifting firming anti-aging and all that stuff that we love the older we get as usual, everything is linked below. And now let's get into the episode, which I actually, we started off chatting before like formally diving in. And I, I just, again, have been going with, going with the flow, surrender, and I love the conversation we got into. And so I was just like, let's, let's keep going. Cause that's what it's all about. Like real honest conversations. Right. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. I'm, I'm learning. I'm just, I just did my first, uh, like YouTube video oh. and I was doing a voiceover and it was kind of like hard because I don't, you know, I'm not, I mean, I can speak of course, but I'm, I, I, I never speak like on public in a way, or I never did our, like I did it like a long time ago on, in my university or something, you know, or like at Vogue meetings, but it's still different because you are with people and, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, and when you're just like kind of like recording it as a speaker, you know, for other people to listen, it's like completely different. So I was, <laughs> I was like, uh, listening to myself was a little hard at the beginning. <laughs> it is. It's so hard to get used to yourself. I was like, Ew, what did I say? Oh my God, my accent. Oh, this, 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 that. <laughs> like picking up all the things. And I was like, oh God, okay, I just gonna come down. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's honestly though, I love that you're sharing that so vulnerably though, because like it's starting something new is a very very vulnerable thing and you have to be comfortable seeing yourself most of the time being bad or awkward or just seeing yourself in a light maybe that you never did like you know you probably haven't it sounds like you haven't listened to like or seen yourself recorded or like whether audio or video a lot before well I did few times but it was again like when I was working at Vogue Ukraine you know someone would interview you or something like that but yeah. it's different because you're in an environment it's not like you're like all alone with a microphone and trying to like uh, uh, think yeah, yeah, about yeah. how you pr pronunciation and you know like again my accent I was like do I have how do I, I was like reading some words because I know some words that have heavy accent or heavier than others so I was like trying to read the words and like trying to do without accent or something but then my husband is like well that's fine the accent is your charm but I was like but you know like uh, growing <laughs> up I always wanted to have like proper English with no accent and also in university Aww. all the teachers were like I had like different teachers in university one of them for instance was like totally like British English teacher and the other one a little later he was like American uh, and he was um, he was actually uh, working in like states for like I don't know 10 years and he came back to Ukraine to teach us so they had like completely different approach and then they were like almost killing us for pronunciation so I had like little mm. trauma from university was for oh. pronunciation you know yeah because <laughs> I was like um, English was my always like one of the, my favorite subjects and I was like it's just like I loved it and I was never missed an English lesson or stuff like that and it was always fun for me you know I would always like go and talk like whatever answer the questions that was me 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 but then you know like all the teachers like the British teacher 
the one that wanted us to speak British English was like so hard. He would always say, every word is wrong. Every word is wrong. And I was like, oh God, but I think I know English or maybe not. You know? <laughs> sort of doubt yourself. Yeah. Isn't it wild how like our teachers made such an impact. I was actually talking about this with a friend on like our self-perception and like just our confidence levels. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. And especially like uh, in Ukraine, the educational system is slightly different, I think, than in American, you know, um, with teachers, especially like in the school and then university also, they're quite strict. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, don't, they, don't, they don't like when you're like failing or not doing things mm-hmm. or being lazy or whatever you know and um, I was just talking about this with other friend because of course I have my new baby and we were just deciding like you know what to do and because my husband grew up in America well he was born in America but um, his mom is from Madrid and father is from Buenos Aires so he still has this like European connection as well oh nice uh but we were talking like what do we want to do you know uh, with our baby and he's like I don't think I want her to be in American school and I was like well I don't, I mean, I, I love my education, but psychologically, the teachers really put a lot of pressure on you. Mm. Like, I know, like, in the States, I think they would be a little more flexible, let's mm-hmm. say. Because, like, sometimes in Ukraine, the, if you are not right or something, or you did something is not is not correct for the teacher's view, he would be saying just in front of everyone how stupid you are. Mm-hmm. I don't think that will be ever happening in in states. No, in not it's yeah. It's so interesting because I my conversation with my friend was like it's it really is other cultures yeah. or specific like extracurriculars. Like I was a musician my whole life, and there was so much pressure to be perfect in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, most of my teachers were pretty kind, though. To your point, it was only one that I feel like was kind of mean to me. Um, but then for her, she was in sports mm-hmm. and her one coach could be really mean to her. Um, but I feel like you're like, and it's, I guess we were also talking about it because it Im- impacts your confidence a lot of the time. And so whether it's like this pressure to perform in, you know, music or sports or whatever, or it was for, for a lot of friends of mine, especially like yeah. Asian, Indian, um, and also some European, like you guys had so much pressure just in school. Oh yeah, a lot. It's just like, it, and I think it really traumatized a lot of people. I mean, there's still kids, you know, mm-hmm. in the school. And, and if someone constantly tells you, you're doing this wrong, you're stupid, you're not talented, you know, because that's what they can tell you mm-hmm. quite easily in front of everyone because they think that's what's going to motivate you, you know. And like yeah. I know for a lot of kids, it's probably vice versa, you know. It's the opposite. You just start to close, you know, yeah. uh, just shut down and you just don't want to do and you just want to go to school, you know. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's it kind of sort of happened to me, not like a, that of course magnitude but in university I, I love my university and I love my education but uh, when I was doing my master's degree I switched to uh, I'm not sure how you like um, it, I switched to the distance kind of like distance oh, education just, yeah so I would only go to university for like I don't know two weeks and uh, all the other time I will just prep all the paperwork or whatever tests you know at home and then just bring it for the all this two weeks would just two weeks talking to the teachers and you know everything and that's when I felt so inspired and I was just doing everything right away and and you know everything was so interesting to me because I didn't really like like this like day-to-day pressure that they because I think this is just the style of education in Ukraine because mm. they just like to, that you feel stressed you mm-hmm. know and if you don't know thing you're just like completely shamed and you just you know and just right away you get in the bad mark and then you're just oh my god how I'm gonna correct the bad mark because it's university and you have to have all these good marks to have a good diploma you know all the things so you just it's so backwards and I I wonder where it came from because it does seem kind of universal um I think America tends to sometimes lead when it comes to positive maybe I'm wrong about this it seems like we're leading a lot when it comes to positive psychology and healing trauma all that stuff um but it's uh, I, I know exactly what you mean, and I don't understand where people thought 
I mean, I guess, sure, you know, you burn your hand, you're not going to touch the stove again. But like positive reinforcement is so much more effective and motivating than Mm -hmm. shame and judgment. Like, and I've had to spend so much time. I don't know if you've worked on this or or had to do this with yourself, but I've had to spend so much time working with myself to stop shaming and judging myself every single time I mess up Mm -hmm. and like switch to be loving and accepting myself, accepting when I fall short and then coming from a positive place of wanting better to motivate me. And, you know, maybe it is not quite as motivating or it's not quite as when you're in that transition still but I find I'm just in such a better place and I can show up better and I give more and I perform more Mm -hmm. uh it's just it's such a better and especially because I think the the shame the negativity the judgment it creates a feel of fear of failure which like that's one of the biggest blocks to people expanding and growing and accomplishing bigger and better yeah even like the same example of this english teachers in university you know like when this british guy always wanted us to speak british english and with all the pronunciation and technically almost everyone was were almost wrong because no one spoke british english in ukraine the way he wanted to because you can only yeah. speak that when you live in uk for at least five years yeah you know, it takes or a maybe while. even more and he just he lived there for a while so he was so proud that he speaks it but you can just make us speak uh, it in one month so it's kind of his ego <laughs> yeah pulling his um, ego into his teaching so but the, every time you were he you were you were reading a text you know that he was giving you and you were not reading or whatever you read everything was wrong and and it's just you didn't want to go and read the text anymore you know every time he would ask you to read your text you would be like oh god <laughs> yeah but then the other one the other teacher that was uh, american uh, teacher he was just like so cool and so fun and he would come and whatever you would say wrong or right he would be just like laughing and say oh that's what you said wrong but you just say it in this way you know and just like go move on you know and it was just always so fun with him he was just like making it like it's so easy he's like no worries that's that's that you know yeah so that's like like a very good example of you know how you actually i think like talk and motivate people and i think that's one of this like um like american systems positive things Huh. And um, and also like just an American in a way culture positive thing. It may be not very, I, I want to say not too deep because sometimes, I mean, all American people look very positive from especially like from the first view you know from first sight this when you is see them. so interesting to from, me a european yeah. with a positive view of americans <laughs> i'm no, no i'm, I'm just, enjoying hearing all of because, your thoughts like you you for instance like first time i came here like everyone's on the street is talking to you and asking you how you do it not everyone yeah. like you know like or they're telling you like how cool is your dress or how cool is your hair and at the beginning you're just like why are you talking to me you know because it's not like how you do in Europe wow yeah I guess I can see that I can see that yeah so it was kind of like a little awkward I was like thank you you know (laughs) what do you want from me (laughs) yeah I did I honestly felt that way a little bit at first um when I moved to California especially at the airport because in New York and even Philly they're like oh my gosh, like just so stone-faced and like mean kind of Mm -hmm. emotionless, don't want to engage with you. And you come out to California when I did, like I remember my first time in the San Diego airport and everybody was smiling and cracking jokes. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what's going on? (laughs) They're so happy. That happened to me. But but, but imagine like at least you're still American. You kind of like know, uh, like still close to your culture. But like for Europeans, it's just like... (gasps) I just want a coffee. Don't talk to me, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can be like that a little bit sometimes. My introversion has, as I've healed, I've gotten less that way it, but in that's public. What I like. but that's not like, you know, yeah. like that's what kind of like... The, the, it's, it's you so, want your privacy too sometimes. You just want to get a coffee and you're in your own head. Yeah, I get it too. But, yeah, I see both. But it's it's funny because that was the the time, uh, I think it was just uh, the, uh, the Instagram just launched and some oh, wow. uh, people just started to use it and I was kind of like resisting, you know, and... Uh, and California, when my first trip, I just, I was like, okay, I'll just do Instagram now, you know, because it was, everyone was like, <laughs> so uh, nice and easy and cool and, you know, like, just talk to me and like, so complete strangers, you know, and 
it was like so nice and fun and I didn't have any bad like accidents or anyone took advantage of me so it was cool you know yeah yeah <laughs> so I was like oh I'll just uh, start sharing my things on Instagram that's it's funny because that's how kind of like California made me start Instagram back then when no one was not like no one but it was kind of like still you know New. that stage when they were on, like eh, where wow <laughs> is that your experience on Instagram now uh do you mean the, the sharing the stories or? uh just like positive people are positive and nice now um, so. yeah pretty much I'm um I I love Instagram for basically my for me the main thing for Instagram is connecting with the cool people so uh to be honest like most of my people that I know probably here or in general now are someone I found on Instagram and then we just started to talk and follow each other I feel like people forget and it's pretty cool and then especially yeah. like um with the magazine world, you know, like I used to, I mean, I'm still, I'm still doing it, but, uh, when I used to shoot like much more as a stylist, as an editor, I was just, uh, sourcing the photographers and models and uh, yeah. brands. And it was so exciting. It's like, you know, every, every time you find in a new brand, a new photographer, and you just start talking to them and it's so easy. And it's like, how oh, that's, that's amazing. You know, it's such a great resource. I feel like Instagram gets such a bad rap and I'm like, I actually love Instagram and I, I am careful with what I follow, so maybe that's why. But that's also in everybody else's yeah, control as well, well who you they have to follow. Filter what you want to mm -hmm. see, so yeah. But it's great for networking, for Absolutely. resourcing people, for just I learned so much. I mean, I do follow a ton of psychologists and therapists and coaches, but I'm always learning something new about the nervous system or you know whatever it might be, um, how to you know heal trauma better or what no, you know. No, it's amazing, a lot of those and it's topics. just like a nice like introduction to see if you were if you're interested in things and then if you are you can I mean, go and learn yeah. things deeper you know so and then it recommends similar accounts like it makes it so easy for you to explore mm -hmm. anything you're interested in um I'll go down rabbit holes sometimes like you know I, I went through a phase where I was trying to be a better mixologist and learn more cocktails and I found so many like cocktail recipe accounts and um oh my god I was talking about when I was back first on Instagram I was a vegan so I was like following all these vegan accounts and learning how to cook vegan I'm no longer vegan yeah, but it was, yeah, I, I've always loved Instagram. I feel like it's just been, and I, maybe that is kind of a, I don't know, you, if you're open to good coming out of something, you will be able to, and if you look for good, especially you'll find good mm -hmm. and get good and make good. And if you're going into it, looking for bad and expecting bad, like we really do create not, not a hundred percent, like sometimes people are shitty or, you know, something is a bad experience, but most of the time, like you get a lot of what you're looking for and expecting and things, yeah, or at least so. determined to, if you're determined to see the good in something or the bad in something, you'll probably find and, it and versus then, being open. Yeah. And then again, like it's also like it's Instagram. You don't have to take everything like it's like a day-to-day -day reality or mm -hmm. that's how people's life look like, you know, right. you just like have to understand that I think. You know? Oh, it drives me nuts when people think that because you're living a certain way that you're telling them they need to or they assume that then yeah. they need to or that's the right way. And it's like, no, I'm just sharing what I'm doing, what works for me, like take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny, but it's 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 I, I like it. I still like it, but I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. I'm kind of like a little overwhelmed with all the new social media platforms that are coming out. Yeah. But uh, Instagram works pretty good for me. I know. I, I don't. Do you think Instagram will go anywhere? I don't think not in a couple few, maybe like more than, I don't know, 10 years, but not not in not the near soon. future. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's got a lot of staying power. I think it probably should replace Google in a way, you know, because it's almost it's it becoming is. a search engine in a way. Too. It is. And then the messaging. So email, you know, like everything is there. It's so true. It's so true. I, yeah, I, I think I'll always. I mean, what was the next, what was the last time you like Google something? Because like right now you just go to the hashtag and just yeah. check because it's also like more updated, right? It shows you the recent posts mm -hmm. if you're looking for some sort of hashtags because Google just shows you whatever popular or whoever paid you for Google ads. That's so true. I will Google for questions, but especially like. For general information, yes. Right. But if it's something like 
current you know yeah. you just want to see what's what's right away happening with this word you're looking uh, for you know then i think that just a hashtag on instagram works much better yeah and even for i don't know if you find this true as well but for me for restaurants or yeah. like places i want to visit i you get so much more of an idea of what you're stepping into mm -hmm. honestly even people like i am enjoying exploring dating <laughs> a little a little intimidated by the scene here but you know it's even that like you get such more of a vibe of who someone is oh, from yeah. their Instagram or from a rest a restaurant or a location like you can tell so much more from an Instagram or, account or the casting again like as a fashion oh, yeah. editor because like of course there are still like uh, portfolios and stuff but I don't I mean I, I, I just like see like first I, I would look at it first to shots of the portfolio but then i'll just go to instagram and check the, the vibe of the model because that's when you see and when you can imagine how she would probably move or what are her strong sides you know or like what her body looks like in a real life hopefully you know so right it's just like right away instagram for me you can tell okay i think we need to i think we need to have you explain what you do a little bit um i love that we dove right into conversation <laughs> but maybe let's start off with what do you do now and then we'll dive into a little bit of your story after that maybe well right now i'm i'm, st I'm still a fashion editor or like a fashion director actually uh for l'officier l'ukraine uh, even though the this like a really hard time for the country so the magazines are kind of like they're functioning but like very slow and uh, we don't really have the print issue as we used to have every month right now that's why i was like interested in your thoughts on instagram because i'm like you have like a finger on the pulse of kind of like yeah in information being disseminated and like yeah so um there's only like online version but it's also like more mostly focusing on what's going on in ukraine and how to keep the people, you know, sane and <laughs> safe, yeah, technically, yeah. in the hard time. Uh, so it's been a little more slower with that. But um, I've been working like in, in the fashion magazines for more than, definitely more than 10 years, maybe like probably, I would say 15 years, because technically that's all what I wanted to do from the beginning. And uh, I, even though my university degree is economics, um, that doesn't, have anything to do with fashion i mean technically it has a little bit but not you know not not the main uh main thing uh so but uh, after university i just always always wanted to be um to, to be in fashion or at least to be like some sort of creative industry because i knew that economics you know and my parents wanted to me to be someone serious obviously making money and back then, when I was uh, finishing a university in Ukraine, fashion in, in Ukraine was really kind of like just in the beginning stages, you know. Oh, so, cool. Um, yeah, but also like there was there was no such thing as a fashion education in Ukraine. Wow. So there was no university that would make you a fashion editor or fashion designer. Yes, but I never wanted to be a fashion designer. Why do you think that is? Did they not take it as seriously? Um, I think it was just because. Um, you know, it was a part of Soviet Union at uh, like long time ago, and during Soviet Union there was the, you know very specific idea and understanding of fashion and fashion industry. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was more like in the mass production industry because they didn't like they didn't want people to you know look different or to hmm. kind of like show their status with the clothes. So only technically everything that was foreign was kind of like you know suspicious like you would be a spy if you were in you know something and people who uh, was able to go and travel abroad were usually like uh, working for government and stuff like that because the ordinary people couldn't really travel much that was sort of almost not prohibited but it would be considered that you're a spy why would you go there you know yeah so um Kind of like same idea, it was fashion, like why would you wear American jeans? Are you like, what, you can't wear your local producer, you know, like, and uh, so they, they didn't want people, they wanted people to be kind of like equal-ish with their ordinary yeah. mess clothes, you know? Oh, this is so interesting. Wait, do you mind if we dive into fashion for a little bit before yeah, we keep of course. going? I would love, I, I love this so much because, so for me, one of the reasons why I still love doing some fashion on Instagram, um, and I started a series that I've been very bad at keeping up with, but I'm going to get back into on um, TikTok. Um, it's called Dress to Manifest, mm -hmm. uh, just because, you know, 
I think it is such a powerful way to express yourself, but also to empower yourself and to affect how you feel when you are wearing stuff that you feel good in. You feel good and therefore you are more confident. You're taking more action towards things, probably maybe talking to that guy that you think is cute or being more confident in a conversation with your boss or, you know, taking a risk, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. You act differently when you, when you, so I think yeah. it's a powerful psychological tool. Of course. Um, but I'm, I'm so curious on your thoughts on like fashion psychology and, you know, yeah. What, why do you? Well, that was one of the things that kind of like also like allured me in the fashion and specifically for like fashion in the magazine world because um, I, I, I liked obviously the fashion. But for me, like it was more about exploring, almost like studying like fashion as a part of like social movement or like a mirror of the social you know like scene type of thing Mm. because it's right away tells you technically what's happening in not just in a country but in a society Mm -hmm. you know like the 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 moods or the movements and like why would you wear this or why would you wear that i was more interested in those kind of like roots you know and the psychological or social um like backgrounds for the fashion you know a trends rather than just oh put this bag with this shoes or you know uh with this top type of thing that was not uh, i was never interested in fashion just as like a practical how to match Mm -hmm. that that and that Mm. so for me it was always more like some sort of like almost like philosophy you know in a way yeah or um or even art, you know, yeah. just one, one, one of the both probably. That's why for me, like when I was, when I'm styling, for me, it's always uh, not about practical thing. I, when I'm styling the shoot, I always wanted to do it almost like an art piece. So it's probably not something you would wear in real life or, you know, try to wear in real life. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the shoot, for the like art sake, that's what I love to do or as a symbol of something. Yeah, and I think a lot of people miss that because a lot of people look at runway shows and they're like, this stuff's ridiculous, I would never wear that, like why would you go see that or why would you post that or what's like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. But the point is psychological or artistic or both. Yeah, Or exactly. philosophical, yeah. So yeah, that was uh, probably again like my university program because um, my like all my um, like master degree work it was all about postmodern economy and it was obviously a lot of psychological like, kind of like moments that postmodern economy built and our um, art moments you know like a lot of mm. like things that are not necessarily like just you can just calculate it with mathematics right so that was my kind of favorite thing. Because I I don't believe that economics obviously it does build it, like it you, you know it, it's all about mathematics and numbers and stuff but also it's about the human behavior and sometimes this is not something you can predict and calculate right away and that's this is this that's a part that I think I love and, and uh, in fashion like first of all what do you think or how was what was happening in the country at the time translating to the fashion you were seeing and then maybe even to take that a step further to how you were styling shoots well it's uh, it was interesting because uh, when i was like just uh, again like i finished in university uh was not not like it was really kind of like a beginning of fashion in, in in ukraine i mean we have fashion week we had fashion week since i think 1992 maybe or something like that if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. And we have really cool Ukrainian designers and brands that were actually doing fashion since then. And a lot of new new brands, of course, right now. But um, because, you know, it was a young country technically after Soviet Union and uh, just started to build everything, economy, you know, like all these different sectors. So I think fashion sector was probably not a priority or maybe people just didn't have enough money or enough education for fashion, you know, Mm -hmm. like full scale as they have right now. Uh, So, and then of course they just started to, to, to travel actually. And then that's when you start discovering the cool brands because there were no like big boutiques or anything like that, you know, unless you go to somewhere, somewhere. 
So, and of course, people started to like learn what's luxury and if you have money, well, how you can spend them and what you can wear, you know, and stuff like that. So it was interesting because at the beginning, I think a lot of uh, Ukrainians like to wear, you know, very showy stuff because mm. before they didn't have chance technically to have it. And now um, they could travel and they started to have more money uh, and um, and they could buy things, you know. So it was funny to watch because there was like a lot of like, you know, that gold, Dol- Dolce & Gabbana gold things, for instance, you know, mm. and stuff like that. Mm, yeah, because there was like, you know, people or like Cavalli. Remember like Cavalli when there was like rich Cavalli, you know. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> stuff like that so that was kind of like a big thing because that's how you could show that you're cool and you have money and you're like you know have some things to look at (laughs) so it was it was like standing out proving a point yeah i think it was even like a little joke at the beginning also like it may be like i think in european countries as well because you could see the eastern european person right away because everyone <laughs> all the things you know yeah. and, and show off because obviously in europe people you know they were all like they they had these brands and all these possibilities not forever but for a long time mm-hmm. you know and for ukrainians it was like the first time they could really dive into it so i think they were quite uh, bright <laughs> <laughs> i mean that makes sense though you know it's like after you go through like maybe get out of a difficult relationship you kind of are like putting yourself out there and excited and maybe a little over eager or mm-hmm. overly excited um you know we all have our reactions I guess to seasons that were tougher yeah, I think so yeah so that was uh, that was I think uh, like a big thing because again like I was just the time when the private sector technically started to emerge in Ukraine mm-hmm. and the private business so that's you know, when people start realize that they can make money because before the Soviet Union it was mostly governmental sector or you just employee to someone, mm. or to government technically. So um, what what is what would you say the style in the Ukraine is now and like what is it kind of communicating about what's going on? Uh, well, I think now, especially like the last year, it, it's um, it's changing a lot, and uh, it's really nice to see that uh, a lot of Ukrainians are really wearing or supporting and loving like their local Ukrainian brands and designers. Mm. Uh, because again, there were like different times and eras for Ukrainian designers as well. You know, there was a time when uh, there were some really good Ukrainian designers, but people with a lot of money would still buy Chanel over, you know, a Ukrainian brand because it was cool. And it was uh, a little hard, I I know, for Ukrainian brands to compete because they'd Mm. have to compete for the big brands, right? And they obviously have less infrastructure, less money, less, you know, everything to do that. They just only have their creativity, which is great. Because Ukrainian brands or designers have some really good ideas and uh, really authentic ideas. So hmm. there's something to look at. Uh, yeah, so, um, but now I feel like this, this, you know, with the war, that is unfortunate. But Ukrainians, I think, finally started to feel themselves more like, the, like you know, a very strong nation. Hmm. And uh, support their, like, own creatives and brands and talents celebrate them more than ever before i love that so kind of to reflecting sh- more of the strength and the yeah to, the, to show everyone that's you know this is us and this is our country we're not part of the russia and we're not like putting things uh, like you know like whoever like secondary nation or something like that because yes we do like ukrainian people a lot of ukrainian people still speak russian language a lot but we Technically, we speak both Russian and Ukrainian. And even like I was growing up also speaking both, but not like school and university is Ukrainian. But um, in the casual life, there's like most of the people spoke Russian as well. So you would learn both. But now even people like like me who were growing up for both languages, they just switched to one to Ukrainian language, for instance, and they just want to be like a very, you know, strong in their position and just like to technically deny everything russian obviously now mm-hmm. but uh it's just uh, not about denying russian but it's just nice to see how people are just super unified around the idea of ukraine right now yeah so same with the fresh fashion world here too i love that and what about for you like what is fashion to you and how do you use fashion in your life because you have really cool style i love your style <laughs> thank you um well i 
pretty much same thing as uh, as in my job uh, for me it was always like some sort of like message you know like a mess messaging machine fashion <laughs> so it's just uh, always nice to pick up things that you know like what you want to technically say tell about yourself to the world to the world um i like really like my my personal style i just love experiment maybe a little too much because i just like to try different things and then see which one i feel probably most comfortable with so um sometimes i even i dress up every day and maybe sometimes i do too much or maybe not but i just like trying different things and feel how i see how i feel in like a different looks that you know create not like a different personality but some sort of different shield you know mm -hmm. and how you feel like in a different situation and different shields type of thing <laughs> i love that and that really fits in with what we were chatting about earlier um and one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on the podcast we had um as I mentioned in the intro, um, we had such a great conversation at mm -hmm. that lunch uh, with Songman and we were talking about just shifting and changing and growing. And I feel like I, I really appreciated your, just how you were so open to change, even if it, even though it meant leaving behind, you know, your amazing job at Vogue Ukraine, you were so open to following your heart, doing something different, doing what lit you up, which I, I want to hear more about this. It sounds like you lived all around Europe and America. Um, but I, I, I really have just been trying to get, be in this mindset myself because it's so easy to get attached to things, especially if it's something that our ego is like loving, like a really good job or a really good, um, you know, a partner or whatever it might be, you know, what society says looks good or is good, you know, to let go of that in favor of, and any intact attachment, like, you know, this is something I'm, I'm trying to be really good at in all areas of, of life, but especially just with dating and stuff. It's like, how do you just flow and enjoy and go with what is, you know, feeling good and not be so focused on outcomes or attachments um, and just, uh, it's. I think it's such a beautiful way to live. And it sounded like you were really, that's kind of where you were at. You were like, this thing was amazing. It's such a career highlight for me, but you know, now I want something different and I'm going to go try and explore until I find what feels good. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting experience because I obviously, of course, I always wanted to work in the fashion magazines, as I already mentioned. And then when, when uh, Vogue Ukraine like announced that they're coming and they're going to be launching the magazine. There was, you know, everyone in Ukraine were like so, so, so excited because technically it was just like Elle, Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, you know, just like a very few magazines, but nothing like a high fashion magazine uh, present before in the market. So that was kind of like a very exciting moment. And uh, I was already working in uh, several magazines and I, I tried different things. I worked on a TV as a stylist on oh, wow. different magazines and I um, did like a uh, like independent news like fashion newspaper it was like a lot of things but it was all like fashion oriented because uh, oh well, technically you you know again like you don't have really an education a fashion education in ukraine so it's all about the experience and people you know so that and the taste of course but so i i, I felt like i had all of the things to apply because everyone could apply for a job technically for Vogue ukraine wow uh yeah and uh, i applied for it and then uh, at some point i i mean that's a point i got it and i was there from the very very beginning wow uh, well they hired me in the beginning as a fashion producer which was a little tricky because i didn't kind of like i didn't realize that i don't want to be a fashion producer so that was one of the moments when i was like uh, you know, because uh, technically fashion producer is someone that has to put together the budgets and logistics. Oh, it's, yeah, that's not my vibe either. <laughs> it's not It's not creative. It's creative exactly. maybe like for 5%. Yeah. But uh, you're yeah, creative. Yeah, I, I needed more. So I was like, so at, at, like, I was like three months in at a job and we were, we were about to launch the first issue and, you know, all this like uh, money things and questions and logistics and trips, planning the trips were all on me, which is, I don't mind planning the trips and put together the shoes, you know, put together the teams and stuff, but all the money things, that was like the most terrible because I just don't, I didn't like that thing, that part when I have to put the budgets, because you literally have to put the budget for every page. How oh. much like the one picture for this page is going to be, how much we're going to pay for 
the illustration for this page you know and it's like literally like 100 pages you have to put like technically the budget for every page for 100 pages and I was like huh? uh, yeah I studied economics but that's not what I wanted to do you know <laughs> yeah yeah so I was a little upset and I was almost kind of like ready to leave to be honest because I was like I just I my my main kind of like idea was to do what I to do in my life what I want to do what you know in, what I'm inspired with so um I felt like that's was that was not it and I was like I can't I mean it's Vogue it's amazing but it's just not me and I cannot do it I just I'm not interested in sitting in an office all days and just putting these numbers in uh, sheets together you know so but I was lucky that my boss back then uh, saw that and just like okay um we still can you know switch things around and just move to the ed more like editorial office and do the so that's where kind of like uh, helped me to stay I think because otherwise I probably would be at Vogue only three months <laughs> okay so they sh they shifted you yeah and worked with you that's well, great they saw that I and they then they knew me before at some point too for some from some jobs and some things that we were you know it's still a small market so um they they kind of like knew the, what I can do and they saw already on the meetings that you know like what I'm suggesting and proposing the ideas that was more editorial than just putting the numbers together so I think you know it was kind of like obvious they're like okay no don't, don't go just leave come here you know mm -hmm. so that was nice because you know you were just like Phew, all right because that was just the applying for Vogue job was pretty nervous too because you had like I think three meetings with different people and then you had to do like a little mock-up of the magazine of how would you see the magazine so you literally do like a collage of every page you know like how I would see the magazine and stuff like that you would bring it to the meeting and just explain what would be your vision even though you're not even you know yeah I'm I, technically that's vision should be editor's chief vision you know I'm not applying for editor-in-chief position but still they wanted you to see you know like how what kind of thing you want how you see the magazine yeah so yeah then I worked there for like five maybe like almost six years five six years something like that um and that was amazing and I had some like one of the most beautiful experiences was like you know meeting all these incredible creatives and uh, doing the shoots in the beautiful places in the world and you know and just going to this fashion weeks was always super inspirational to me. Fashion weeks are fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe, at least, maybe, I don't know, maybe not for you. For no, me, they they're were. fun, but they're also like super exhausting because mm -hmm. when you're, you know, when you work in a magazine, you just have to do not only the shows or you have to do the shows, like you have the main shows because you have your main partners of the magazine, right? The ones that are putting, putting money as advertising. Mm -hmm. So you have to cover those, but then you also want to try to see the younger brands and, but they're always secondary because you have to to the part main partners first but then during fashion week there's also the time when you meet all the agents and photographers and you talk to them and for instance if you want to get a big photographer you meet his agent usually or you know during fashion week and start asking like how can you get this big photographer you know and or the big stylist or whoever or the big model you go to model agency and start talking like how can we possibly get that big model on our cover, you know, and stuff. like So it's a lot of like, like meetings and politics happening. And it's quite exhausting, but it's always inspiring because you're like coming back, like f not only, you know, full of new context, but like with like all this like shows and, uh, you know, like impressions. But you also have to like right away after Fashion Weeks, we would like have like meeting with all the editors that went to the shows and we would everyone would put their own like trends whatever ideas or sections or main ideas what they saw and we would discuss and based on that plan every issue for like six months so that was like one of probably my favorite things because you just like go to fashion weeks absorb everything you know just like literally like a sponge 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 obviously digest it in your head whatever you how you see it how would you translate it and then come back and discuss it with your team you know and like what you what you can do with it so that was cool wow okay so you were doing that for five or six years and then and then you decided that you wanted to not be based fully in the Ukraine anymore. Yeah, well, I guess, again, the book probably helped me because I was traveling so much and for all mm, the shoots. And they, they gave you a taste of Yeah, they <laughs> gave me, they gave me the taste. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at some point I was, of course, like traveling to New York a lot for shoots. And I was like, well, I guess 
Oh, well, of course, I like Paris and London and Milan as well, but I don't really speak the language. I mean, London, yes, but not, not French, not Italian, so I don't speak the languages mm. there. So it would be probably a little more harder for me to settle in that way because I feel like I still want to speak at least a little bit of language of the country I want to be trying. So I felt that New York would probably be the best one. So that was my like idea because I was coming and I was meeting all these people and I had like a lot of friends kind of like, you know, like in, mm. in, in industry and that was cool. So I thought that I want to move to New York soon. So I was kind of like starting to prep myself in my head and then I would spend more time away also from Ukraine doing things of course it's not just like i was not just hanging out in new york you know and uh, but i was do, still doing the magazine but i was just trying to stay a little longer in new york just to feel the vibe see if i like it you know like things like that so yeah that's how i kind of like decided that i would probably like to try it in new york uh, and i already started to have like some clients you know because uh, you would need to make much more money to mm-hmm. live in New York than you're making it in Ukraine because of the, you know, the all the currency differences and stuff like that. Oh, sure. So I already started to have some clients that I could style. So I was like, okay, great. So I'll have like this, this, this client. They'll help me to cover the rent. Then I have that, that, that. They'll help me to cover that. You know. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, so that's probably how it all started. And then um, at some point, I went to LA for the shoot as well. And uh, um, I have like uh, one mutual friend with my then future husband and he was in LA as well. He's from Paris and I was asking him like, you know, I'm in LA just for two days for the shoot, but I want to stay for like four more days because no one flies to LA for two days. It's quite oh, brutal. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so I just want to stay and see, explore the city, you know, like tell me where to go, what to see, because I just want to feel the vibe and, you know, explore what's going on. So, um, and he introduced me to his best friend, who is now my husband, Aww. <laughs> uh, who was showing me around for a few days. And it was like, kind of like pure networking, at least from my side. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Probably not on his. <laughs> well, yeah, because later we, we started to like chat a lot, you know, when he was texting me, I was texting back. It was really inspiring to talk to him because he used to be... Um, in New York, he used to be an agent to like a Mario Testino, like a big photographers oh, wow. and yeah. stylists. And he was one of the founders of DNA Models back then. Cool. So he had like a really impressive career in the fashion, in the creative industry in New York. Mm. So it was cool to talk to him because he he knew what I'm doing, you know, and what's going on and how to do the magazine and what's casting, what's production, what's, you know, what's models, what's that photographers. Like, you know, things that was that was my life, technically. So that was fun because he was, like, telling me all the stories that he had and, like, well, telling me how to do, th- what to do there, how to like, better talk to that, you know, photographer and stuff like that. So it was uh, pretty cool. And, but, yeah, but at some point he texted me saying that I have feelings. And I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I thought we were just networking. Story. I mean, in a good, in a yeah. good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's, you know, it's kind of like grew uh, on us pretty fast because I was, uh, I had a chance to come to LA again for a shoot. And then that's when we had already not like network meeting. It was more like a date or uh-huh. first date, let's say. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. And then since the first date, we were together. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Well, I- and that's who said like, uh, he's like, well, I lived in New York. I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I understand why you want to move there. But since we want to try to be together, let's try you know I'm, I'm in LA now maybe you can try in LA and uh, if you really don't like it then we can move to New York mm-hmm. so or if you need to go to New York it's just like five hour flight so it's not as far mm-hmm. as it used to be for me <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how I'm still in LA. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, too, your story. I feel like so much, I mean, I, not always, but so many times um, women that I talk to um, who are, like, engaged or married, they're always kind of like, it happened when I was least expecting it. Or, yeah, like, I didn't, you know, no. It's because I think guys 
partly guys, I think they just, they love that not intense, not chasing energy. Yeah. Um, like I don't care. Type of, oh, not like I don't care, but it's like, it's. Yeah, yeah. Cause other, the other flip side is I think we can all get like super attached and I think that scares them off, but it's also, it's the same principles though for manifestation. It's like when you're really clingy and attached to something and chasing it, you end up pushing it further away. But when you're in that kind of like, I'm already Gucci, you know, don't really need anything. You know, I want these things and moving towards my goals, but like you're, you're in that like internally good state that's when you just like magnetize things and things happen and oftentimes things you weren't even expecting to come so quickly <laughs> yeah no that was uh literally because i again like i did i don't uh, you know like in ukraine and vogue i was working technically 24 7 which i loved but mm-hmm. i didn't really think about I, I thought about personal life but it didn't look like I don't I don't I didn't think I'm going to be having a family I don't know I just thought that it's going to be just you know my work and my travel and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then uh yeah and then I met him and it was quite you know surprising even for myself and of course and then I had to leave Vogue and uh, that was like a little bit of course a big deal for me because I always wanted to be in Vogue and then I'll, you know at some point I just had to come to the idea that probably this stage, the Vogue era is not, not like necessarily completely over, but you know, it's, I don't think it's like can be ever over because you still do other things and mm-hmm. do, you know, still do like when I left Vogue Ukraine, I was still uh, styling shoots for Vogue Portugal or Vogue oh, Czech cool. and I also had covers for them. So I, I didn't feel like I'm like completely out of scene, mm-hmm. you know, so and I'm, I was still working in because I was invited to do the Le Fusiel job when I, the same time when I was when I decided to move to States. So that was great because Le Fusiel was fine with me uh, to live whatever I want. Um, to work remote just, is amazing. Yeah, just to well, as soon as I'm, you know, as long as I'm doing my job. Wait, what was the timeline of this? This came, this other job at Le Fusiel came along technically almost the same time when I was like about to move because to To to, LA to to be with your now husband yeah wow didn't the universe come through there yeah I think so I mean uh, again like when when uh, at Vogue I told that I I, kind of like wanted to start moving towards New York so my back then publisher was not very happy with that Uh, so it kind of like you know was obvious that I would have to leave so I just left and then still a small market, you know, so there was a new editor-in-chief for Le Fissiel and she heard that I'm mm-hmm. about to leave. So she was kind of like suggesting me to join. But the still, team. that yeah, timing that was, is the insane. Perfect timing, yeah. yeah. It's, ah, and this is something I've been experiencing so much in my life. It's like when you get clear on what you want, which I have more to say on even just that part of your story as well. But like when you get clear on what you want and you have the faith to walk away from what isn't what you want and the emotional capacity to walk away from what isn't what you want. I talked about this in last week's episode. It's insane the way the universe can then provide you something so much better and more aligned with what you want. I know, yeah. That was uh, very like interesting how everything collided type of thing and, and you know, at the same time. You manifested it. I guess. I, I guess it did. I'd probably, I probably, I, maybe I don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Intention, inspired action, faith. Yeah. I just, I just know, I knew, I, I knew that I want to try something else that I don't want to be based in Ukraine anymore, which is like, I'm, I still love my country and uh, everything it gave me, mm-hmm. but I just felt that I want to try something else. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess that's what I manifested, I think, like a, like a new stage of my life mm-hmm. in States that was like came with a husband and a baby. <laughs> it was, yeah, of course, it was challenging to leave the, the big brand, you know, and there, um, a lot like my publisher and some other people that were like, well, you realize that you're leaving the biggest fashion magazine, you know. But again, like, uh, how did you how did you handle that? Like, how, did you even doubt yourself, or you really uh, knew what you wanted and no, you were so I think, committed? I think I I knew what I wanted at, at that point because I already worked for five or six years, so I knew what's going on. I definitely know how to do magazine from A to Z. Pretty much, I can say that, and I think that's the most important. Mm-hmm. And I know what I can do for the magazine, like Vogue mm-hmm. as well. You know, it's it's it's. It's pre- it's a little easier, for instance, to work for Vogue than Le Fusiel because obviously the brand name gives you a little more of carte blanche in front of a lot of things, and you have to work a little harder if you're working in a smaller magazine. But 
at some point I just I just know and I realized because again like I know how to do the magazine and I know that technically the good mag behind the good magazine is like a good team so yes there can be a walk magazine but there can be also the other magazines and if they have a good team then mm-hmm. they can have a good product and mm-hmm. then you know so the good team is a good casting good photographers good writers good journalism so it's all about finding the right people and uh, technically if you are able to build you know your team then you're able to build a really good magazine mm-hmm. so that was my idea of course and i still believe that it's just um of course slightly different now with instagram and social media but uh i think that still you can build a beautiful product and it's not about the brand name because technically people who works and who who does who does a job that's who you know who's responsible and whose taste and whose efforts and whose work is it is in it you know and makes the magazine cool magazine because not every vogue is cool vogue you know there are like mm-hmm. 20 more than 20 vogues in the world but you only speak about what three of them you know mm. or all the time or four sure sure so S- yeah still i think that's so great that you like i think sometimes we can let our fear or our ego get in the way of doing what we know is going to bring us towards what we want um and what's right for us um and so I just I think it's so inspiring and great that you were like I'm going after what I want and yeah and and, and again I was lucky that you know I have I had already had this connections with other Vogue's as I mentioned so they mm-hmm. were just you, you know, were supported in the decision you had yourself set up well yeah I mean they're just you know they didn't care that I left Vogue that I left to other magazines they're like well you're in LA we need you to shoot things you know mm-hmm. so amazing so I'm I'm still technically there because of course at some point it's hard be- at, like uh, when uh, because of when I left Vogue Ukraine most of the teams for instance the photographers uh stopped talking to me like we would shoot all like editorials for like i don't know five months so we would shoot five covers before because i was at vogue but then when i switched to l'officiel suddenly i'm not interested to them anymore mm. so that's fucked up thing in the fashion world that yeah, i think yeah. pretty much still exists you know because if you leave a cool brand and People just want you for the cool brand. They just they don't they yeah. just want you for your car. They don't want you for your talent. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that you have to be ready for if you want to work in fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But even like for any kind of transition or pivot, like you have to be willing to lose things, and you have to be willing to value your own alignment and authenticity over. And that is so important with manifestation. I think that like it's about embodiment about becoming our highest level self and you that's what you valued and I think that's why you were so supported because you were like sticking with what you wanted which is being in alignment with yourself stepping into your next level self means following what's right for you next Mm -hmm. um so so and you're you're living this beautiful life with a beautiful family here in LA yeah and uh, I love the creative scene in LA here I think it's developing and a lot of cool people coming so I see, and it's finally not finally but that's what everyone at least says <laughs> when LA is becoming a really cool city you know yeah. and, and I mean look at all the shows and brands that are coming here it's not it's true. you know it's not just they're coming because they don't have anything else to do it's literally becomes one of the coolest one another cool city on the map you know so um, do you think it's going to be cooler than New York at any point uh, I, I or that we'll have our own i think it's pretty much equal right now almost equal no yeah i mean there are a lot of cool brands here there it's unfortunately they're not centralized as in new york because Mm -hmm. it's not the nature of the city and you have to just be ready for that uh but there are a lot of cool brands and a lot of cool people uh yeah you just have to drive to them all the time (laughs) yeah it's true la is definitely spread out more (laughs) yeah Uh, it just doesn't the, help, but it, there's, there's still a lot of cool people here. Yeah. And it's still like an hour, hour and a half. It's not like it's crazy far. It's, you mm-hmm. know. It, and the yeah. locations uh, and the weather and, you know, it's all beautiful also. It's very inspiring to see the, the nature around us. It's incredible. Where else <sighs> we can have 
yeah. big, big, beautiful city, creative hub with an amazing nature like that. It's so true. And I love that about LA. That's is why I think I'm going to be in LA long term. Like I just love the access to nature, the nature around us. And, you know, people complain about the traffic and how spread out it is. But I've even just thinking about it right now, I was like, you know what? I used to spend 45 minutes on the subway getting places like it's really the try or in an Uber. Like it's the travel yeah. times to, you know, if you're going across New York versus going across LA, it's the same, to yeah, be honest. So it's much. like, okay, maybe it's more spread out, but it takes the same amount of time to get there. I think so. so. Well, it's just same. It's or same like in Paris. I don't know if you've been to Fashion Weeks. You saw how how bad the traffic is. Like if oh, you're yeah, not yeah, taking yeah. taking metro, that will take you same like yeah. an hour to get from A to B. Yeah. It's just city life. It's any city, I think. Yeah, is and also like LA so is just city. Uh, hopefully they're gonna build up the better uh, metro system, and that's gonna connect the city because like it's the only that thing that's, cool. that 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 saves Paris, for instance, yeah. to me because like uh, otherwise it's so hard to get, especially like for the shows and things. Mm-hmm. Like I, me personally, metro saved me so much time for different when you go from show to show because like in by car it's nice, it's comfy, but it would never take me you know in time yeah (laughs) so true so i think yeah that you know that transportation system is quite important too hopefully hopefully we'll manifest that (laughs) yeah but you know all these changes are quite uh, different as i mentioned now i'm trying to see like if i can do the youtube channel or again like i'm doing myself more of the content as, as well which is just how it works right now mm-hmm. and it's just sometimes a little challenging for me to switch not, not like to switch but technically I have been the content creator from the beginning because right. that's who fashion editor is yeah but just right now is just switching you know and I'm not doing the magazine anymore technically I just I'm doing my, myself in a way yeah <laughs> and it's just probably a little challenging because I'm just learning that it's just my voice and it's just my picture it's not a model picture it's my picture now and it's not like some cool presenter talking it's now me talking because it's you know the platform and everything changed so badly so I was just like getting used to it because I'm probably a little more on the shy side especially mm-hmm. when you know it's me talking or I and look you're at used myself. to being behind the scenes exactly yeah, yeah that was my thing but now I, I have to switch myself too because that's how market works so I'm also like adjusting and working on that <laughs> but I, I I give you so much credit because so many people are not willing to adapt and change especially if it means stepping outside of their comfort zone and potentially failing which going that this is like a great maybe note to end on because it goes back full circle to the beginning talking about failure like being willing to be vulnerable to fail to be not good at something some of the best skills you can have in life because that's how you grow that's how you create better and different and you you might we might chat next year and you might like be obsessed with youtube and have like a huge following like you just don't know (laughs) but you would never even have that opportunity if you weren't willing to put yourself out there well yeah because i still want to do my job and Technically, to do my job, I just have to switch a little bit and put a little bit more of focus on myself, mm-hmm. which is probably fine. I just need to get used to the idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I hope you enjoyed Thank putting you. yourself out there on this podcast i i loved our conversation thank you yeah yeah thank you so much for inviting me it was my it's my first podcast i think she did amazing guys (laughs) leave a review (laughs) and let us know what you think but i think you're a natural at it so you're going to be such a natural for putting yourself out there more yeah um where can people find you do you want to spell out your instagram handle and uh yeah instagram handle olga yanul o-l-g-a-y-a-n-u-l awesome and then do you have a website uh, yes, uh, but more my website is more like a portfolio website for uh, my styling work. So okay. it's pretty static unless I put something new. And I'm very bad in uploading my new stuff. So uh, Instagram is a better way to follow me. Okay, okay. <laughs> so check her out on Instagram. I'll have that linked in the show notes. And I will see you guys next week.